It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher. Welcome to Alexandra and Friends 660 The Answer. This is Alexandra. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to our show every Saturday night at 10 p.m. We really appreciate it. We're going to take just a minute if, from your time so we can listen to the, to the Pledge of Allegiance by the Clark family. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, wow. Isn't that a wonderful, wonderful pledge by these little kiddos? They're so cute. So we appreciate that, and I think we should do that with every home base. Well, Courtney, good evening. How good are you? Good evening. I'm great. How are you? Where's Billy? I guess running late again. He's probably in his pickup to, uh, to working on his <laughs> on his digital. I'm sure he'll be here soon enough. <laughs> Hopefully everything's okay. Well, we had a great show last We Saturday had a great night. show. I really enjoyed our guests and it was uh, perfect timing with everything that was going on last Absolutely. week. And um, they were very inspiring, both of them. And, you know, I got to see Zach on Monday night mm-hmm. at the uh, Lee Greenwood um, fundraiser for the Home for Heroes. I saw oh, that. my God. That was the most amazing Everybody that was anybody was there, including uh, our, our govern- former governor, Perry. And uh, it was just amazing to watch these young men and women come to the stage and receive the awards. And, you know, I, I just started crying. Right. Of course, I was right in the front area. But then I, I heard this. Zach Briseño is here tonight. And I said, who set all of that up? How did he get affiliated with everything there? Like- it's the Wonder Warriors. Yeah, I know, but I mean, he he was so modest about his pub- publicity that he receives, and so you know, we had talked about maybe encouraging him to put his story out there more, and well, so I didn't realize that he was. This is Lee Greenwood mm-hmm. is the uh, the coordinator, or he has, has this program called for Wounded Warriors mm-hmm. and Homes for Heroes. So anybody that that is uh, hurt or they always go, get in touch with them right away, and mm-hmm. you know, he lost his legs right. completely and everything. So all of her, I heard, uh, I mean, there were so many of our wounded warriors and you could see Army, Navy, Air Force. And um, then the most impressive one was the the young woman Navy without her legs either. Ugh. She had, um, she walked in and she walked and she had her, um, I don't even, it's gonna, I'm going to start crying because just thinking of her. And it was so heartwarming to see this but the biggest thing to see um lee wood uh, uh, lee greenwood Mm -hmm. greenwood get up there and visit with every one of them and talk to them and then sing and then you had some of our uh army guys come and sing it was just that's awesome awesome so you know me when it comes to them oh my goodness i know and i just it's so you know you you are a part of that and and then you see the other side of things where people, to me, whatever, it, it seems disrespectful because you have all of these people here and that's what that represents to me and, and our flag and America and freedoms and all of that. And then it's like, how do you not see this? You know, how do you not see these people with their sacrifice? It's hard. We, the, the event was at the uh, Thompson Hotel, downtown Dallas. And the most impressive is when you got to the lobby, mm-hmm. there's this long table with a picture of each of the 13 Marines that mm. were killed. And they had uh, plates, you know, and they're t- it was it was so touching. And uh, there are pictures of each on the, you know, the plate area. That's tough. And it was so tough, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, it just, um, it takes your heart. Right. And and there were so many beautiful young girls that were, I mean, all these families were there. We were over a thousand, maybe two thousand people. Wow. So it was an amazing night. And also after that, I went to, we had our, uh, at the um, American Legion downtown Carrollton, we had a, a auction night and uh, I bid on stuff and I never got it. So, <laughs> But then I headed out to the seniors, the senior center and they, uh, the Carrollton senior center, they had a big dinner and auction and I got to see um, the owner of Joe's Pizza and her husband. And uh, it was kind of good to see everybody mm-hmm. else. We had since we've had her here and she was asking me, are y'all coming November? For yes, it? we're coming. We I need said. to make sure that we put that on the website yes, and Facebook yes, again yes, because yes. I'm sure they're starting to I think, round up volunteers. Yes. Well, it's already and I think mm-hmm. uh, Liz is going to put it on Joe's there. Joe's Pizza and Carrollton. Yes, we did that last year with the kids and so that was, it was really good. 
Well, it was a lot of work. It was hard work. So talking about Carrollton, we mm-hmm. have a famous architect here tonight with us. And boy, God, is he's, he's uh, amazing. And I've known him for a long time. Being a realtor, that's, I, you know, I thought it would be a great time to have talk a little bit about commercial real estate mm-hmm. building and all the good stuff that's happening and to give us some insight on what we can buy from him, you know, get a deal. Excellent. Because he's selling those big complexes that, that's awesome. that he builds. So. Well, it sounded like you buzzed around pretty good this week. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I'm a little, I, I talked a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm a little, I cried a lot. So I get, I get a little bit of, <clears throat> it, it takes a toll on me when it comes I, to our vets. It just really, really does. So, but neither here nor there, it's a great night. So uh, we want to introduce Terry Wright, who is going to be one of our uh, guests tonight. And we can talk about, about him behind his back next week. <laughs> <laughs> All the good things, though. All the good things. Terry has a great story, and I know he's doing a lot for the community now, and we love that. And so I find it very interesting that you've got a very renowned architect, and now he's owner of a restaurant and busses tables. And I owns, mean, that, that's and awesome. And owns half of downtown Carrollton, uh-huh. okay? <laughs> and he also knows Miss Nan from the... Miss uh, Nan. Oh, wasn't the, she precious? She, she was great. Really great. Mike, did you ever visit her store? No, but he exchanged the, his hot sauce for socks, didn't you? <laughs> no? Oh. They, she was amazing to bring all those gifts to mm-hmm. all of us. I yes. still have my little towel and, and uh, my neighbor... Uh, what's her name? Um, um, gosh, I just went blank. Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca. Oh, by the way, she d- donated for the um, for the uh, auction for the. Oh, that, oh she do- this pumpkins. Did you go to the auction, Terry? No, I was working that night. He works mm-hmm, at the restaurant. Now. I know. She made this beautiful pumpkins with this succulent plants inside. Oh, of neat! It, and they were gone. And the auction, I mean, they were bidding, 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 bidding. I bid $25. Somebody hit me by 100 and something. <laughs> but, but I collected a lot of, a lot of gifts for the, for the American Legion. Excellent. But we're going to use the money for a new building. And I hope the architect that's here tonight is going to put his elbow to the mm-hmm. mellow and, and help out with the American Legion. Well, why don't Legion. you introduce Terry and tell us a little bit more about him? Well, I know Terry because he is a fabulous architect and a wonderful community leader for the Carrollton area. He does a lot for the, for the community, but he does a lot for the business. And uh, I love his, his work. Uh, he ha- he's been very wonderful. He sits with my clients and we talk about building and de- development. And he's an amazing, and I love his wife who runs the, the uh, Rainbow Grill and his beautiful daughter. And you need to talk a little bit about your daughter tonight too, because uh, I think she, you have a story to tell. So with uh, just... Getting you back, Terry. Let's, uh, let me introduce you because I want to make it very simple because we're going to give you time to tell us about what's happening in the commercial world, in the uh, in, in all the building, what you're doing, and what's happening, what's next. Terry Wright with Wright. Group Architects. Group Architects, it. yes. Thank you, very Thank you for, much. Being, Thank here you for tonight. being here. Well, thanks for having me here out of it. Um, tell us we, who you are. I'm Terry Wright, Wright Group Architects. I, are you married? I have a wife of 34 years. Almost well, 35 on February the 14th will be 35 years. We were married on Valentine's Day. That's oh. something she always wanted to do. The church that she grew up in in Beggs, Oklahoma, was red. So she, her and her <laughs> friends always said that's what oh, they wow. wanted to do. So you have children? We have three kids. Our oldest one is 28 years old. He owns his own parts store business in Marietta, Oklahoma. So JC Auto Parts there that he took over, developed, and has expanded it pretty heavily, about awesome. tripled the business there. Very good. Our middle child's 25. She's has her own business now also, which is Lone Star Darkroom, where it's taking film and people with the pandemic started digging through their attics, finding all of this film. And her business has really expanded heavily just due to that. And she'll take slides and negatives and convert it into oh, images neat. for people. So. Oh, that business neat. has grown and she's got it set up a co-op and she'll teach classes how to, to develop photography in color versus wow. black and white. Interesting. So she's doing that. Then my wife, she's had a couple of careers. When I was in college, she finished with retail and marketing. So when we went from Oklahoma State, we went to Boston to work. for. We were up there for six years. Oh, and so the you're, process, you're, was, you're related a little bit to Courtney or not? <laughs> no. Because I heard you say Boston. You, you didn't have that sound. Uh, no, they asked me real quick where I was from. I, you can I hear that old. I don't know if it was the cowboy boots and the Wranglers <laughs> and the cowboy hat that might have gave me away on the subway. I probably got a few looks out of that being that different. So you had three children, so you're missing one. 
three. And the youngest one is autistic. And she, my wife, who was a retail buyer, she went back to school later in life and became a school teacher, taught for several years. And then during the process of how do we teach her how, Emily, how to work on her Mm -hmm. own and develop some skill sets and stuff like that. We were looking at different buildings downtown Carrollton, a bodega, which we'll still be building in the later this year to the first of next year. And then with that, she, we went ahead and took over the um, rainbow fountain and grill that's been there since the early twenties as a pharmacy, then pharmacy fountain, then in the eighties become a grill and fountain. Neat. And wow. then Emily helps with the dishes and busts the table. Excellent. Yeah. So, and it's a great little place. I, I used to, I've been there for years going to, since, gosh, 1983. So we do the lunches from Tuesday to Saturday crowds. Then Saturday nights, we were open only on Saturday nights during the week. And then that crowd is starting to grow pretty good over Yes, there. yes. And then we do plated specials in. And, so awesome. tell me a little bit about the bodega, because that's going to be downtown Carrollton, correct? Yes, it'll be downtown Carrollton. Uh, the back doors from it to the back door of the Rainbow will probably be 60 feet apart. So the two can help each other out, complement each other. Mm-hmm. The, the bodega in the Northeast, being Boston, she'll know, Courtney will know what a bodega uh, is. Down here, you oh. got to start explaining it. But it's kind of that neighborhood grocery uh-huh. store, convenience store item. You can get your drinks and stuff out of the fountain there, but it's, it's wow. a small grocery store in a way. Awesome. Have you heard of the place that's in downtown McKinney? It's like a bakery or a breakfast spot during the morning hours. And then on certain nights, it opens as a speakeasy and they have a special password. It's only on social media and you get dressed up like you're from the 20s era. Like that may be a good option oh, for the so Rainbow awesome. Mountain Grill. Like that could be, a, the bodega. That could be yeah. super fun. Yeah. yeah. So no, to me, no. bodega is a warehouse. So, you know, no. bodega in Spanish is a warehouse. So I would just. In my mind. Did you say warehouse or warehouse, warehouse. or something else? No, warehouse. Because I wasn't sure. <laughs> Get that one clarified. <laughs> I, I need be, you to enunciate. No, I, I'm becoming, I think I'm taking after um, V. <laughs> <laughs> oh, V. She's actually in Boston this week. Oh, she is? She is. Oh, so. my goodness. Well, mm-hmm. we miss her. Mm-hmm. So so how did you get, tell us a little bit when you started your architect your architect uh, work and how do, how did you get into it? And well, architecture always fascinated me as a younger kid. I grew up in western Oklahoma in a little farm town time I graduated high school, we was probably up to almost 1,200 people. We had really been growing wow. at that point. I mean, <laughs> you know, the buildings there, the older buildings of downtown were were nice, but all the newer buildings that were being built were just kind of plain, lost some of the style, didn't understand why. Once a month, we would got go to the big city, Oklahoma City, and you see the buildings there and what was going on. So it always did it, and I would had cousins that had construction company. My oldest brother was a lot older than me. He had a plumbing, electrical, and gas. So I was always around construction. Excellent. Wow. And just found out how to how to mesh the two and found out just going through books. Architecture really was that three-dimensional piece of art that you got to interact with. Alexander and friends, you are here with us, Miss Alexander, myself, Courtney, and our amazing guest tonight, Mr. Terry Wright. He is an architect and he is a business owner. And uh, it's a a very interesting story to hear how he's come through the ranks of all of his schooling and also what he's doing to help with the community. I know you're a big, big involved in the community. And um, I, again, I love the fact that you just uh, took over the rainbow fountain grill and you are hands in and you're bussing tables and, and helping with everything. And I think that that's uh, amazing. So I appreciate that. So thank you so much for being here. I also want to let y'all know that if you could check out our Facebook, it's Alexander and Friends 660. Please like our page. And then we also have a website, alexanderandfriends.com, where all of our previous episodes are loaded on there. And you can choose from uh, any which one to get caught up and maybe hear some of the inspiring stories we've had previously. So. And don't forget to listen to our podcast, sign up for our podcast, and you can listen to them on any of the social media. And they're amazing. And so um, if it's it's a really good to go back and listen to all our guests because we have the best guests We've had some ever, am- ever. amazing guests. Amazing, yes. amazing. So September 11th was one of the strongest mm-hmm. ones. I, I got some, really got some good emails. I'll share them with you. Excellent. Uh, from, through our Facebook. Okay. And, uh, not Facebook, through our website, which was really awesome. And a couple of calls from some uh, clients that wanted to see about coming 
to join our... Yes, if you have a story to share, we would love to hear. You're more than welcome to, and to shoot advertise. us an email. That was so yes, I mean, and sponsorship yeah, and advertising. is wonderful. So. Yes. So, Terry, welcome back to us, and, and we're excited about you being here. But uh, we are. I want to talk a little bit about your architect and your planners, but I visited your office with the, one of my clients the other day, and I was enthralled to see your office is kind of an antique style and also modern. And you have this gentleman that works there that has these trains all over in, in the ceiling. Tell us a little bit about yeah. that. You need to invite Courtney to come and look. It is the most exciting thing to see. Awesome. Well, the, the fun part of Carrollton, I mean, there's some nice old buildings down there. And we took advantage of this building. When we got in it, we didn't realize it was a gas station at one time. During demolition, we found the original storefront of a gas station from 1953 to 55 was the construction time frame on it. Um, so during demo, we actually busted one of the storefront windows, unfortunately, as we did. That's how we found out we had the storefront. So during the process, we changed our design to embellish what was there from the 50s. And out of that process, we developed to what the interior is, kind of embraced that automotive side of, of the world industry we brought into it. So it gave a lot of character space into, awesome. into the building. It was converted into a part store for many years in 1972 until we took over a few years ago. So we reskinned the outside of the building, re-insulated it, reshaped it, re-leveled out all the floors, bathrooms, everything you need for an office building, then embraced some of the components of the building itself into there to make it fairly much eclectic inside, mm-hmm. or some people will call it steampunk, things like that, the way we did the process out of it. Now, being an architect, Obviously, you understand the design aspect of it, but are you handy? Are you a handy person? Do you get in there and can actually rebuild and do yeah, the we remodel? Did some, we did some of the work ourselves. I worked with another contractor heavily on it. He let us in it, but we built the conference table. We built the barn doors we have in it. The fence used to have the car dealership used to have the storage next to us. Mm-hmm. Windstorm blew over the fence, and they I said mean, we could have the wood. So we took the wood apart, cleaned it up, built barn doors for it's That's just so conference cool. room, things like that. Don't you have like a, ga- a, a gasoline uh, pump? We got a note. We found an old gasoline pump. My son actually did. It came from downtown Carrollton. We haven't figured out which station it came from yet. One time there was five different stations downtown Carrollton. There's none today, but there was five back in wow. the 50s. Wow. So tell us about the train. That is the oh. most exciting <laughs> for me. I mean, you've got to tell. you got to tell. We got an older gentleman, and, we, and it's they're Ron and Chris are both partners in the firm. Um, Chris, I worked with at another firm. He came and joined Wright Group after we were about one year old, and that and we're twenty three years old right now, almost twenty four. And after three years in business, we were still young. Everybody gave us hard time for being young, <laughs> so we needed gray hair. So we convinced his dad to come and work work with us. We promised him we could pay him less, working more hours, but he got to work with his son. He took us up on that, and he's a collector. He's we we give him a hard time because he's been at every mental institution in the state of Texas, <laughs> and it was due to asbestos work. He helped us set up a lot of regulations <laughs> for asbestos. So, but that's funny. out of it, we sometimes don't always say the right the, the full reason why he was at every <laughs> mental institution in Texas. So, so we have fun with it. He's he's got the warped humor with it, so he appreciates it. And he's a collector. So throughout the state, his dad, his grandfather was a carpenter. So he collected old tools, and he could find them throughout oh Texas. Gosh, so yeah. in the conference room, we have a collection of wooden planes and things like that are into their part. And then in his office, he has trains. His dad worked for MKT. And so out of it, his train collection is pretty extensive of MKT. He's got some trains that they've completely restored. They found from the early 30s that are wooden wow. trains. So he's got HON, different other gauge skills trains. And he fills up several walls in his office with with trains. And they're all stacked out. We've got train, and everyone's almost customized now to MKT. If a train looks the same, it will have different serial numbers on it. It's My amazing. insurance brain over here is mm-hmm. like, are those properly scheduled out? Is that accounted for? <laughs> <laughs> they're probably not. <laughs> so you need to have, you need to meet with Courtney and go through all your office and see what it is. But it is just an amazing office, especially when you bring a client. It is really impressive, you know, because you're they're looking and seeing if what what all the things that you do, and mm-hmm. they see these items. It it brings them character. 
And that's important when you're bringing a client. Well, and I think, too, it could probably remind somebody of their youth or Mm -hmm. an experience that they went through. And that could trigger something that they want to add in their design. Right. I mean, he wears coveralls. Is that what you call him? (laughs) Overalls. Who does? You do? No. Okay. He's in his office. You know, like he walked walked in. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What's going on? Because I saw on the website he was in a full suit. Right. He didn't have his coveralls on. He probably had overalls with the jacket on. That's too funny. That is so funny. He's he's 75, almost 76. So what are we going to do? Right. Fire him you know, yeah. <laughs> at this point. So Terry, give us your architectural services that, you, that your company does. Besides, you're not just an architect, you do everything else. So tell us a little bit about site analysis. You know, we, we sat down with a lot of clients. We had one that just called last night. He's coming in this Thursday for a apartment complex in Denton. He has a little site. What can he do? What can he do with it? And we'll sit down and do analysis on the site. Does it work with what they're looking to do? Um, we did one out in East Texas just recently and started laying it out. We did the research, found out there's wetlands in there. So for what he Ooh. was trying to do and what he was going to pay for it, they didn't disclose that there was wetlands oh, there. Wow. So when we started kind of vetting through it a little bit, and he's mm. he started vetting through it with us, working with it, and he goes, well, I can do some of the questions. He wanted to be involved in the site analysis going through it. So he did a lot of the work out of there with just questions. And he's the one that actually found the wetlands. Like, why didn't the owner the wow. seller tell me? Is there a recourse from the previous owner or no? Uh, well, he didn't have it by, so he doesn't mm. sell it. So instead of him spending more money to mm. purchase a piece of property, he was able to walk or renegotiate at that time. So we'll look at a lot of sites in the beginning. Does it, Is it feasible to do what they want? Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not. So sometimes we work ourselves out of a job by mm. saying it's not feasible. Mm. You can't do it. Or if you want to move forward, you might have to deal a lot with the city on zoning changes or requests, depending on what they're trying to do in those areas. Are go you go. No, go ahead. Are you seeing some sort of crazy trends lately? I mean, is it something where, and I guess specifically with everything that happened with COVID, I know commercial real estate has um, shifted gears, right? A lot of companies and a lot of people aren't going to their space anymore. Has that has that helped your business, hurt your business? Is it just giving you new innovative ideas to help people? How does that? It paused probably for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Everybody trying to regroup our commercial clients, retail clients. That really hasn't come back as much yet because restaurants aren't really opening up mm-hmm. as much. So that new endeavor or that retail side of it, is, it has slowed down. But we are seeing people rethinking how they're doing the retail we're seeing some office space starting to roll back in, but there's more flex space into it. The office spaces are designed almost, the space is smaller, the offices are not, but it's not the same person using the office. As what often. about more with like curbside pickups and uh, less interaction with people? You know, I'm seeing a lot of the bigger buildings are starting to really shrink down uh, the product availability to put a lot of it in the back because people aren't going into the store. They just click on the internet and they come by and pick up. I mean, has that made its way into some of the smaller businesses? Yeah. Some of the smaller businesses have done that. I think some of them are struggling to compete with, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the big box right. stuff that is doing that because they were built on relationships like Nan that you guys mentioned Nan, over there, yes. pink house or the vintage house. The we've vintage known, house, we've yeah. known them forever. And, her business, I mean, it's it's great to go in there with them. If she knows you, mm-hmm. she'll I call you and say. Um, you can spend an hour in there and not buy anything. Right. I mean, you know, it's amazing. Very Bradley or some of the stuff I that I know very little about. Her. <laughs> that's the, that's she, impressive, it, though. But if she knows somebody that really likes that and has that, she will mention, she will call them up personally and talk with them. Hey, we have this. We're doing it on sale. Or, hey, we got this new shipment in. You ought to come in and take a look at it. So. A lot of those smaller businesses are very personal, mm-hmm. and it's that one that relationship that's there that really built those part where the relationship is gone when you kind yes. of go to the big boxes. So it's it has struggled for them for people not getting out, but we are starting to see some of the smaller businesses like that that relationship. Mm-hmm. People are missing those relationships. Right. So the older customers and our age group, my age group, are coming back into it because they deal more with that relationship. Very side. good. Terry, on because we've spoken before about different business. So, you you if you if somebody hires you for master planning, uh, do you have the possibility of doing everything else that goes with it? Yes, uh, we we have um, a large group. Just in house office, we're all architects and interior designers. 
but we have relationships with multiple civil engineers, depending on the types of projects we're working on, as who will bring in. Some clients have their own. Then we have an MEP firms, two two different MEP firms we worked with. That what we, is that? And, um, mechanical, electrical, oh. and plumbing engineers into it. And then structural engineers, we have three different structural engineers. And most of the people we've worked with in our consultants have almost been part of the team for 20-some years. You also do cost analysis. Of, I have a client that wants to know the cost before he sits down to really plan anything. We will. Do you we'll do sit it? down with a guesstimate, for lack of a better word, <laughs> right, in, right. in the beginning because no one knows what they're totally building at this point. And as we redefine the design, we will redefine that um, opinion of probable cost, what it's going on, and we take analysis of other projects we're working on right now so we can get a pretty good close estimate of what's going on. We're seeing how steel's increasing or wood or whatever product we're using, if it's tilt wall, brick, masonry. And then a lot of the subs we have good relationships with, we can call them to see how the industry is changing for them. It sounds like things are maybe starting to level out a little bit now. It was getting crazy um, there for a while. It's gone crazy. Some of the wood prices have come back down. Have they? Not as much as we all would like. Right. But still, still taking some increases upward, and it's the length of getting product mm-hmm. right now. So some of the designing, we're starting design way ahead of schedule and so they can order the materials for the building. You're listening to Alexander and Friends. Please check out our Facebook, Alexander and Friends 660. And also go look at our website. All of our previous podcasts are loaded there. We've got some great information, pictures, and stories of all of our guests at alexanderandfriends.com. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Perez. Terrence Terry Wright with Wright Group. You know, you could say Wright, Airline, Wright Brothers. Ooh, mm-hmm. I was about confusing that, you know, the airline mm-hmm. industry. So welcome here. Welcome back, uh, Terry. We appreciate you being here tonight. And Courtney's got lots of questions, and so do I. I wish you, Billy was here because he would love to hear about foundations. That's what he does. He's, uh, tell us a little, why don't you announce your name, your company, how do people can get hold of you, and what and how much uh, how much commission am I going to get back for bringing clients? <laughs> <laughs> We got fried mushrooms for you at the Rainbow Saturday. Oh night. my gosh! I tell you, um, rotary rotary lunch tomorrow. Yeah, I'll buy your lunch, or lunch at the Rotary tomorrow. <laughs> well, tell us how can people? How can a client get hold of you? No, right Group Architects. Um, the phone number is nine seven two two four two ten fifteen. That number's been there for twenty three years now, twenty four years. T right at rightgroup.net is my email. That's the only email address I've ever had. So it's kind of nice not having tons of email, different addresses to check. So mm-hmm. I, I use it, my personal, my business, whatever. So the two are pretty much intermixed after this length of time, the right. architecture and the end of the personal side of stuff out of it. Um, and we are downtown Carrollton, uh, the south end of on there on Broadway, 1430 Broadway. So we do get a lot of people that come in there just we've had people from the community that said we used to come to the gas station and we bring them in show them where the old gas oh, station wow. front is of the inside the middle of the building they get excited and they would talk about yeah when we were learning to drive or we used to ride our mini bikes up here and get gas stuff like that so we've had a, a lot of people bring in and and share the stories of it and down even to the Dobeka son who lives in Capel now he come by and he was telling us about the gas station his dad and uncle built and we oh, told wow. him it's still here and he goes no not the part store he's going through it and chris took him around the corner to show him the storefront he kind of got quiet left and came back and brought us a picture in 1955 of his dad and uncle on a grand opening day oh my of, goodness of the gas station did he let you have that picture or? he gave us the picture let us scan it and we gave it back to him so he trusted us to have mm-hmm. it for a week to get it all scanned take care of so that's on the wall we have the progression of what the building looked like then and 1955 at grand opening day with his dad and uncle out front and then what it looked like when we took over the building after many years of whatever Mm -hmm. had gone on to it and tacked on to it then what it is today i love that like when you go to a town and you see all the overhead aerial shots um they have that in a lot of places in allen you see up 75 you know in the 60s and 70s even in the early 2000s i mean it was it was nothing and so now you see how much it's built up i love seeing stuff like and that yeah, so well, some people bringing us a lot of pictures of stuff that's coming yes. into the community and stuff's been nice gave us a picture of 1964 when 35 is just open four cars 
and two oh of them my were oh my gosh and they weren't on even two of them weren't even on the highway yet they were on the on-ramp one was on the on the side of the road so it's kind of funny in the aerial just only seeing four cars at 35 in one shot. Oh, Terry, give us, tell us a little bit about what are your biggest projects you worked on? What are malls, uh, churches? I know you do a lot of churches. We got a lot of churches into it. Um, we've done a lot for several church progressions for First Baptist there in Carrollton. Mm-hmm. We've done the Lutheran Church in Carrollton, Grace. We've done Presbyterian Church. We've hit a lot of different churches, worked with the Methodist Church out of it and out of the Methodist Church. Met several guys that went to the American Legion, and that's how we actually got into the American Legion and got over to doing the war memorial for, with the American oh, Legion. Oh, and I tell you, that, that is one. absolutely breathtaking. And it, it, that was some of the projects you don't really make the money of, but you're more proud of kind of some of those items out right. of it. I mean, me and my wife are probably the oddballs in her family because we're probably the only two not associated to the military. I mean, her dad was Army, her she got a brother that oh. was a Navy pilot, got a brother that was a on the nuclear sub, got a brother that was in the Air Force Reserve, brother-in-law that's Marine. So they kind of oh, cover. You are, are we missing the Coast yeah. Guard and SpaceX. We're missing those two. <laughs> so have you been, what are your, like a shopping centers? What are the big projects that you did, have done, done in the last few years? The medical centers, we have have done a couple of those at, out in Atlanta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. We've hit right now, some of the churches are pretty good size. We've hit right now we're working in Melissa and working with uh, Melissa sports flyers and combinations there. And we just finished the Z-Plex, which ties in. There's things that are coming around in the community. Sometimes you don't get to know about till you sometimes in it. And it's tied into triple crown sports. Never knew things like this exist till working with them. And this one has batting cages and they take hmm. the top 48 kids that did not make d1 baseball they will interview and they will come live there for the next year for for training and baseball so it's got the clubhouse it's got cafeterias dining wow. room bedding cages physical therapy and that building end up being probably about 75 80 000 square feet oh wow oh, size building and then we're doing a, another building adjacent to it over two hundred thousand square feet and it's got this one will have Eight bas- or nine basketball courts, 16 huh. tennis court or volleyball courts. It will have an indoor um, for lacrosse, soccer, and stuff. Also like a inside turf field of and stuff. They're all turf. Melissa, I mean. Oh, Melissa's amazing. They've gone through a lot of turf fields, and it's amazing. And Pud Rodriguez does his yes. event out there every year onto it. We got to go see it this past year, which was interesting of going out and seeing a lot of the communities of what is really going on outside the metropolis mm-hmm. that is active and very large and how many people from other parts of the world know about melissa texas mm-hmm. yeah. well that's exciting to hear about that facility my kids play basketball and volleyball so hopefully that'll keep us closer instead of traveling out of state <laughs> and you do a lot of that we because, do a lot oh my it's gosh. a lot it's so, a lot of it so you're coming to Carrollton, right pretty yes. soon you're coming to the hebron Mm-hmm. Yep, my we daughter's got a tournament. Denton County, Hebron, because they, that's in Denton County, not Dallas. Barely. Barely. It's right on the border Almost there. Almost Parker County and... Yes, yeah, 75010. <laughs> 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 so, Terry, do you take... A, well, what, do, what do you see on the young people coming today? Do you see a lot of young architects coming out of the school? I mean, the schools are still pushing out the architects. Not mm-hmm. Bad, I guess, onto it. It had dwindled down for a little bit. It's starting to come back up a little bit. It's a profession. It's not, I always tell them, if you're looking for the money profession or something else, you probably want to do something else. Architecture is not going to be there. Really? Onto it as just for the for the salary type stuff. Architecture is usually people got into it. They had a passion, kind of that art and construction and the different aspects into that, that they really liked that combination is why mm-hmm. they got into it. And we've seen people break out of that field and go into other areas. But for most part, people get in architecture. Some of them will go into the developer side. And there's some other aspects you'll start seeing them break off into. On your program program development, is that developing uh, multifamily? You do a lot of multifamily. It it's, depends on what the client is really looking for. We sit down. We've looked at the land. We've, we've hit it from, you know, if it's a medical facility, does it work? Does it fit? What do we got to go through? If it's multifamily, yeah, we sit down with it. How does it go through? Is it part of the city zoning? Um, most We got one client. If it's not zoned already, multifamily, they won't touch it and look at it. 
we got some clients that love to find these little odd pieces of property that no they find out no one can do anything with and they will see if they can get it through the city and what we can do onto it and that's kind of that development of a program in it working a little more with the city of mm-hmm. what is the city looking for in a certain area mm-hmm. and seeing how we can maybe twist the get them to change zoning or get in in favor of what the city's going we would support x and we'll do a lot of the development on that process to get a project to go through so you actually go before the city council and do presentations for any of the for what the um, items that you're going to construct yes and a lot of some of them will go to planning and zoning we've done one i'll use one is sometimes you go to the board of adjustments the rainbow fountain and grill mm-hmm. the one project we did for ourselves even the we wanted the facility to mimic things out of the 30s in the late 20s well back then blade signs were very popular with neon and yes. to get there our sign we had to do we had to go to the board of adjustments even though the elevation was approved by city council we completely redid the eastern facade for the city of Carrollton during our renovation but although we use the style of the 30s there's still zoning requirements that have not caught to maybe what the city is looking for really I I didn't realize I thought you had just because I've been going there for for years you just changed it without having permits or anything no so we we went through permits full set of drawings um in Carrollton they had a subcommittee to meet with council and stuff we worked with staff in the beginning and we worked with the council to develop the image we did on the eastern side of downtown Carrollton, just trying to get the character back of the, the 20s and 30s of architecture. Do you have any young people, uh, like internship uh, interns that come and work with you? Yes, we do. We have interns that do come in and out. And in architecture, it kind of gets misleading. If they're not licensed, you're an intern. So you can be in, an intern or determined an intern mm-hmm. for several years. So it's, it's, you're going to spend three to four years after college before you start taking your exam. So most people, really, if you're 18 years old, most people, time they get their architectural license are around 30 to 32. Oh, wow. Wow. Time I they did actually not know that. I did not know that. That's well, what, and this is so me being just clearly ignorant with all of this, but what kind of exams? I mean, I know for me, you know, Alexander, we're governed by Texas Department of Insurance and real estate, but what is it for architecture? There, it's a pretty lengthy exam. They have changed it. I'd have to go back to the studio. When I took the exam, we had nine parts. One of the exams was over 12 hours. Oh, my goodness. And, but they check you in and at, get there at 7 in the morning. They let you break the seal at 8 o'clock. You had to turn in that drawing, at that set of information at 8 o'clock that night. Huh. Most of them are out. Well, they'll get us in mechanical parts. They'll ask us about electrical, plumbing, and all the different items into it. And then it's also taken all of the knowledge of, in schools, time to get history and design and structure classes and all the classes of college. It gets you prepared to kind of start working into an architecture office to learn all the project management and how to coordinate, how to put a building together, how to work with a mechanical engineer, how to work with the structural engineer, how to work with all of those parts to make your design work. So if you don't know how to work well with all of those other entities, then you won't get the design that you're trying to achieve. I've got a stepdaughter that just started the interior design program at Mississippi State. And so for interior design, that's obviously not as intricate or licensing and stuff like that as they what? They have license. Oh, yes. yeah. Rebecca. She, Rebecca. She's in for it, huh? I, I miss that. Her, hers miss is probably that. not as lengthy or the... The architecture is one of the longer ones that mm-hmm. are out there. Yeah. That now they break it up. They got labs they go to, but... It's still in the 40-hour range yes. for wow. exams. Yes. I think they've changed it from nine parts to seven parts now into that. Yeah, we had we had our guest, Rebecca Autry, um, who's a designer. And uh, she she was telling me how, you know, it took her almost five years to be able to finish everything because she works with architects. And you, as an interior designer, you have to follow much, very much of their work. Yeah. That's interesting to know because, you know, I have a client that has a daughter who's starting to be architect. And I think you, you met Mr. Ravi yeah. and she, she's, she spends hours in with the working. So this show is brought to you by Miller title, Roberto Perez. If you have a little second, please go into our Facebook, Alexandra and friends, six sixty, and t- like our, like our page, go to Alexandra, www.alexandra 
www.thepodcastandfriends.com and listen to our podcast. And don't forget to let us know how you feel about our show. And if you have any suggestions or if you have a story, give us a call. My number is 972-342-2932. This is Alexandra and Courtney is here with me this evening. And a very wonderful architect and very prominent architect, Mr. Terry Wright. And thank you so much for taking your time to come and join us this evening and talking about, wow, you just kind of, you know, I was thinking of going to architect school. <clears throat> yeah. But telling us how long it takes to be an architect, just like a lawyer, basically. Yeah, don't compare us to lawyers. That hurts. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe a doctor something incredible. <laughs> no, I'm talking about years wise. I mean, you know, yeah, that's spend, a good thing, I guess. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're going to spend five <laughs> to six years in college. Then you're going to spend three, four to five years internship before you start taking the exam. And then does that exam, do you complete it in one year or two years? Wow. So it usually takes most people with the exams a couple of years to get through the, all of the exam parts to get that taken care of. So that's why it takes a while. Then a lot of them get out, paying off college, getting work, getting situated, starting families, whatever. They don't always start taking the exam right then, but they'll start going about 30 then realize hey we haven't worked on it let's start the process pretty quick is there um kind of a sneaky side of the architectural industry that people should be aware of are there people that are you know claiming to be fully licensed and whatnot that are still able to do projects for people is that something that they should be concerned about or ask about yeah people should check i mean if someone's calling themselves an architect they will hold the license if they don't hold the license they're not an architect i mean you can finish college. You can work in the architectural profession. There's a lot of other ways you can identify yourself as working as architect. You're just not licensed or able to call yourself an architect. I can't. We're licensed between Chris and me in 23 states. Oh, wow. But if I go wow. to, I think I say, I'm not licensed in California. Good I thing. cannot call myself an architect <laughs> in California. I'm not licensed mm-hmm. there, so I cannot pursue work in that state because I'm not licensed there. Do you find it interesting, especially within Texas, how different some of the cities uh, or areas have their permitting process or their planning or their city codes and inspections? Because I've got some friends that are building houses in other parts of North Texas and there's nothing required. There's nothing required. Is that is that not scary? I mean, it is. I mean, I, I mean, for unfortunately, for most homeowners, that's the largest investment most of mm-hmm, them will ever make. Mm-hmm. And they're spending a lot of money, trusting to a lot of money to an unlicensed group. Um, the mechanical engineer or the mechanical contractor, plumbing and electrician on the job are, are the three licensed mm-hmm. at doing the home. After that, no one else is licensed. You know, the guy doing the foundation, he has a good trench or rent. I mean, he there's good ones out there and there's right. bad ones. And that's when I think is roughest for the homeowners, unfortunately, when they do come into it, because there is not that license really governing it. A builder has 12 months to get in and out. And if the house doesn't fail in 12 months or so, Mm -hmm. in case they've gotten a longer type of extension or warranties worked into the process, the homeowners are stuck fixing the foundation 10 years down the road. Do you, uh, you mentioned you do custom homes, right? So if a client wants to come and visit with you and, and build a home, that's called a custom home, correct? Yeah, we're doing a, yeah, a true design custom home. The the one we did in Farmer's Branch, Highland Park, we've done one out in Lake Kiowa. We've done stuff out towards Weatherford, Texas and stuff and in parts of Oklahoma. And the houses were designed for that that client specifically to reflect how they're going their image, their house, their long term, what they're going to look like. The one in Highland Park was a very contemporary house. They were they collected art. Wow, so the house was contemporary to show off the art collection. Oh, I, I love that. That is wonderful. So, as, as a architect, do you have different faces? You can be like a architect for homes, architect for multifamily, commercial. Is is there a difference, or do they do everything? Most architects can hit the variety on it down here. Don't do as many homes um, in the Northeast, the Boston area. Mm-hmm. You do a lot more. The architects are a lot more involved into the homes up there. Um, so the, you'll see a lot more architects customize into homes, into it. And there's a few here. I have a gentleman in Carrollton. I pass a lot of work off to people who are just wanting a home addition to their house and kind of fitting in, but they didn't really just want a day 
home designer mm-hmm. they actually wanted an architect oh. out of it i've got a couple of gentlemen we work with like that are pretty good they work out of their house smaller they can take care of clients like that we're a larger firm it makes it difficult to really be able to do that mm-hmm. for cost effective for some of the homeowners terry i want to talk to you about the rv parks Big item, big thing. Are you involved in any of that a possibility of building or getting into the RV park designs? We've done a couple of RV park mm-hmm. designs into it. Um, one in South Dallas we looked at, and we did one out in East Texas for a gentleman. That's the one we discovered had wetland, so that one has kind of got put on to hold on to it. We've laid out a couple of just other miscellaneous ones throughout the state of Texas. We've done one in, done one in Oklahoma, a small one there that was probably – 30, 40, and might have about 40 RVs to it. We're laying out another one, large one in western Oklahoma for the casino. So if that one project goes ahead and go through, that one will have all the amenities of a nicer upscaled RV type park where some of them will have the luxury section versus the long term or the short term guy that's pulling the trailer and the family, but it'll have clubhouse, different amenities. That's my future right there. Once these kids are gone, Selling that house, and I'm getting me an RV conversion van, something, and we're going. To, we'll have to introduce her. Oh, Trey, Trey's been on our show. Remember mm-hmm. Trey, mm-hmm. Uh, Terry? I love the idea of the RV parks. I really do. Do you know that uh, Pier Twenty Twenty One or Pier Twenty Two has been sold, and they're going to uh, in in Louisville area, and it's going to be a hot, hot uh, RV park with the whole works on it. Are you? Did Did you know about? I, I didn't that? know about. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of stuff that this are. This is Trey's Trey's company. And it's, the designs are unbelievable. You're going to have mini houses, the, the mini houses, you're going to have the, the RV park, and they're going to have all kinds of, hopefully they're thinking of the casino coming in, you know. That's a big thing <laughs> to Texas. But that is something that's really becoming an affordable housing, and that is something I really like, and that's what I want to develop in South Dallas. Isn't I think that funny spoken. that you've got, you know, I've got a good friend of mine. She's building like a 4,100-square-foot home. And it's got all the bells and whistles. And she was so funny because she sent me a video of her master closet. And it's like, it's insane. And so I'm in an old Goodman home built in the 80s. And it's got, you know, a tile. And so she's like, look at all this shelving in this space. And so I take a video of my closet. And I was like, this is my custom closet. And uh, it's just so funny how you've got people that are perfectly fine, which is me living in a little tiny home. And then you've got other people that, you know, want that upkeep and that maintenance and, and be in such a large home that you're not even going to use half of. But I guess to well, each their own, to it's good to own. have options for Absolutely. sure. Terry, tell us a little bit what you see in the future in the next couple of years in the in the commercial and multifamily real estate world. I mean, the multifamily just right now seems to be exploding. And we're seeing even down to the smaller multifamily projects where they're maybe 15, 20 units mm-hmm. and it's one building and that's it. And I think that allows a lot of people are realizing they can invest their money differently than I guess before where they're taking out to other investors or they're taking investing with large developers. They're saying, Hey, it's small enough. Me brother or cousin or however they're working it or two friends getting together and say, okay, we want to spend X and they're, we're seeing these two and a half to $5 million little projects popping up really heavily all across, you know, from, in, we got one in Indiana that's that way. We're seeing them in other states or, I mean, heavily around Texas. We've done, t- we probably have five of them in Denton in that same aspect. Uh, on a, to- uh, let's talk, you said the $2 million one. Uh, what, how many units would that be? I'm going to say that's probably closer to a, a type of maybe um, 15 to 20 unit type of complex. It oh, wow. depends how many wow. site work, what it really has to go into really can generate the cost. So you but really can, can do a multifamily in a, t- a, small, in a 2 million. A small part. Alexander's going to set up a meeting with you now. Yeah. She's oh, like, he's, he, he's, he's got meetings <laughs> with me. And we're seeing a lot of people for whatever reason that has just come in. We probably have five different groups uh-huh. that are doing that right now that are two and three people. And they're doing these little apartment complex from 16 units to um, 40 units in a single building. and Now, what happens with, the, I guess, the both of you here can provide some insight, but, you know, right now, rent is crazy. I mean, it is so expensive. So what happens when that starts to level off and people aren't able to collect and the investment isn't there? What what happens with that? He has several, so. <laughs> yeah, there's probably several of those out there. 
Um, it's it's in a mixture. These don't have necessarily all of the amenities that you're seeing the big wraparound product mm-hmm. have. You know, the nicer, bigger ones. We've we've known people that have sold their house in Carrollton mm-hmm. and moved to downtown Carrollton and live in when the wrap products they they like to travel, mm-hmm. so they don't have to worry about security of a house, the upkeep of their yard, and all this stuff. So we're seeing some older people actually moving into the apartments along with all the millennials that are moving into them too. So That's we're funny. seeing an you see the older couple and the younger, you don't really see that middle mm-hmm. age group inside of there. And so that's sparring that growth, I guess, also in those wraps. But the smaller apartments, what makes nice, I think, out of it, the rent's a little bit less because you're not, you don't have the amenity centers. I mean, the, the clubhouse, the, the fitness clubhouse, centers. The swimming and, pools mm-hmm. and all of the other items out of it. That makes sense. Um, Denton area, the, a lot of them are college kids, so they have a lot of the amenities on campus, so they don't need it there. We're seeing some of the smaller ones in some of the other cities coming in place because they can invest in it. The people seem to be there a little longer term because mm-hmm. it's, I guess, a little smaller complex out of it. And they're taking advantage of the cities like Carrollton has multiple parks, Greenbelt, everything else. So you can get all of your exercise <clears throat> at the Crosby Rec Center or Rosemead Rec Center. Mm-hmm. Um, all the swimming pools. So you have everything there, just not at the building. So it gets them out in the community right. a little bit more. So we're seeing the smaller ones doing very well as they can charge a little bit less rent than those people are paying, you know, the hundred bucks or the entire right. family to use Carrollton's rec center. Right. And the rec centers actually have a lot more amenities than those. So Excellent. we're seeing the little ones really growing like that right now. Well, we do need to wrap it up. Will you go ahead and put your information out there again for us? Yes. Um, I'm Terry Wright, Wright Group Architects, Carrollton, Texas. We're at 1430 South Broadway. So if you want to come by and see the building, it's into that. Our office number is 972-242-1015. And the email is twright at rightgroup.net. Then our webpage is also has our emails on them, and it's rightgroup.net. And if they want to see you Saturday night, they can come to the... Yeah, and if you want to see me Saturday night, I'll be busting tables usually at the Rainbow Fountain and Grill in downtown Carrollton. Well, can, can you tell us what the address on where it's located? It is 1107 South Broadway. It's right on the square of the old downtown Carrollton. Any freebies? <laughs> you have to talk to my boss. <laughs> yeah, mention Alexander and Friends if you do decide yeah, to. Uh, Alexander and Friends. Get some, yeah. What did you say? Fried mushrooms? Uh, we'll see what we can work out. <laughs> what an amazing evening. Thank you so much, Terry, for being here. I love the fact that we have, I'm a, real, I'm a realtor and I'm a real estate, but I also want to go into development. But I love the idea of, of sitting with people like you and and you know i spend a lot of time in your office so but thank you again so much courtney what do you see for the weekend i'm gonna say goodbye because we're running out of time thanks oh, so much again? for listening to alexander and friends the show is brought to you by miller title we'll see you Robert, next week Robert is good evening take care you've been listening to alexandra and friends the podcast reach out to us on facebook at alexandra and friends or write us an email alexandra and friends 660 at gmail.com Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.